talk about our attitude toward the Word of God. Now, I believe this congregation here at Delreda is known for its stand for the truth. I think everyone realizes that liberalism would quickly be opposed here. As far as doctrine goes, I think this congregation is very healthy. And I think that's good and wonderful and great, and I'm thankful for that. But our lesson tonight has to do with individual members of the Lord's Church and getting us as individuals to have even a greater respect for what God's Word says. You know, it's one thing for someone to oppose liberalism, for someone to, to stand up for the truths of God's Word, and yet it's another thing entirely for us as individuals to quietly and calmly and in great sincerity to open up the Bible and have the attitude, what does this book have to say about my own life? And so it's vitally important that, that we as individuals, first of all, be concerned about doing what is right. We need to strive to live the kind of lives that our God would be pleased with, and therefore we need to try to consciously learn more about what God would have us to be as we look at his word. And every day we need to try to cultivate an even greater desire to do what God would have us to do as individuals. And it's in this particular area that I want to take a few minutes and focus our attention on tonight. You know, I think a very good example of the kind of attitude toward God's word that we need to have is seen in those brethren at Thessalonica. You know, Paul made the following statement about these brethren in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Paul said, for this cause... Thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us. Now notice that particular phrase. You received the word of God, and that word came from us. We are the inspired men. You received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works in you that believe. Notice here that Paul didn't say that these folks just accepted the word of God as being true. I believe we do that. I believe that with all my heart. We believe the Bible is from God. We, I hope, would oppose any kind of teaching that would distract from the word of God. But Paul says these brethren at Thessalonica went one step further because this same word of God, Paul says, is effectually working in you that believe. And so not only did these folks in Thessalonica believe that the Bible or the word of God was true and legitimate, not only did they follow God's word, not only were they convinced of its reliability and its truth, Paul says you are letting this word work in your life. 
And I wonder if that's not what most of us today really need to strive to give attention to. We need to let the Word of God work in our lives. We need to allow it to have free course in our living. Now, may I suggest first of all tonight that it's very important for us to think about the Bible, the Word of God, as being a book that is worthy of our respect. If we're not careful, sometimes our attitude may be, well, I want to do things my way, or I just don't see why this or that is really all that important. And yet we need to realize the Bible's the kind of book that demands our respect. It is the very revelation of the mind of God to us. It is a great book. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And therefore, we ought never to try to distort or twist the scriptures to our own mindset. Rather, we need to formulate who we are and what we believe according to the Bible. 1 Peter 1 and verse 25 tells us that the word of the Lord endures forever. The psalmist said in Psalms 119 and verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Therefore, we ought to have a profound respect for the word of God because of its source, because of its greatness. The Bible makes it very clear that you know, there are many promises in store for those that believe the Bible and do what it says. I think about the psalmist in chapter 119, 165. He said, great peace have they that love your law and nothing shall offend them. Peter tells us that in God's word, 2 Peter 1 and verse 4, we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises. And we need to respect the Bible and then make our lives so as our lives will respond to that word. Now we can accept the Bible as the word of God, but we need to make up our minds that, that I'm going to bring my life into harmony with this book. And that's the difficult part. You know, many times we assemble and we listen to the Word of God. We'll give mental assent to the Word of God. We hear God's Word proclaimed, and yet how many times do we try to apply the things that God's Word says to our lives? The psalmist said in Psalms 119, 105, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my pathway. And that ought to be our goal today, to let the Bible be the light, the guide, if you will, for how we live, for how we approach our decisions, for everything that we do. The Word of God needs to be living. It needs to be abiding in us. Our attitude ought to be what's expressed in Hebrews 10 and verse 9. I come to do your will, O God. You know, when you think about the kind of respect that the Bible ought to have, I look at the example over in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 5. I want you to notice there the Bible says, And Ezra 
opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. It's almost like a dignitary walked into an assembly, isn't it? A sign of respect. But what made these people stand up? What made these people give a great showing of respect? What did that was the opening up of the book of God to be read. And notice here, the Bible says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. These people had the mindset that they were going to apply the word of God to their lives. They said, Amen, so be it. Or in Exodus chapter 24 and verse 3, Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered and said with one voice, all the words of the Lord we will do. And I wish every one of us could resolve as we leave this building tonight to simply have the attitude that whatever God wants, that's exactly what I'm going to do. That sentiment is expressed in Psalms 119, 133, where the psalmist said, Order my steps in your word. And we need to think seriously tonight about our attitude toward the word of God. There ought never to be any hesitancy at all about following God's word. And sometimes there may be things that are wrong in our lives, and if we're not careful, we don't have the humility that we need to make those things right with God. We need to be responsive to that word. James 5 and verse 16 says, Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that your sins may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man does much good. It avails much. We need to be responsive to that word. In the next place, though, I want to talk about some things that that might cause us, if we're not careful, to have a lack of respect for God's word. There may be some barriers there that we need to consider that would keep us from respecting God's word as we ought. You know, if we're not really dedicated any longer, if we're no longer really putting the Lord truly first in our lives, then we need to realize that God's word isn't going to have the effect that it ought to have. If you notice Romans 12 and verse 1, the Bible says that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. What happens in a sacrifice? Well, it is consumed. It is in all the way, we might say. You see, God expects us to Give him everything. He expects our all. He will not take second place in our lives. And as long as an individual is trying to live a holy and godly life, that individual is going to be responsive to that word. And yet, if we become somewhat lukewarm, maybe we're not really committed to the Lord, then invariably there's going to be a lack of respect for God's word. You know, maybe one becomes over time a little bit lukewarm and unconcerned 
Maybe we get to the point that we're just a little bit indifferent about the Lord and his church. And when we get to that point, we don't have the respect for God's word we ought to have. And when we're that way, lukewarm, the Bible says God will spew or vomit us out of his mouth. Maybe we don't respect the word of God as we should because, you know, we just kind of half-heartedly live the Christian life. We're, we're not really putting our hearts into doing what God wants us to do. Oh, sure, we'll come to church from time to time, as we say, and, and uh, we assemble, but we're not really into it. Our heart's not into it. We're more into the things of the world than we are the things of the Lord. And because of that, as the Hosea said in Hosea 10 and verse 2, their heart is divided, so shall they be found faulty. And whenever you're trying to serve the Lord on the one hand, you're trying to serve the world on the other hand, having just enough religion in you to make you miserable, our hearts are divided And the Bible says in Jeremiah 48 and verse 10, Cursed be he that does the work of the Lord deceitfully. We need to be concerned about giving the Lord our all. If I'm really committed to this cause, the cause of Jesus Christ, I'm going to respect that word. Secondly, or thirdly tonight, let's notice quickly a few essentials that we need to cultivate if I'm going to respect God's word the way that I should. And all of us, without exception, need to work on this. I might suggest that if we're going to have the right attitude toward God's word, we must prepare our hearts and minds to do just that. You know, we're not just automatically going to say, Lord, just because you say something... I'm going to do it. But what we have to do is we need to make up our minds. We need to look at ourselves. We need to think about where we are now. And if we stay where we are now, where are we going to wind up if we continue in that direction? And we need to make up our minds that we intend to start following the Lord. Notice what the Bible says about Rehoboam and 2 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 14. The Bible says he did evil. Why? Well, the Bible says because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. His heart wasn't right. His attitude wasn't right. Here was a man that led an entire nation into sin. He led an entire nation into idolatry. He did that which was sinful, wrong, and evil. And the reason he did it, the Bible says, is because he did not prepare his heart. Now I wonder how many people have gone off into sin. They've allowed themselves to get into a lukewarm and unconcerned attitude about God's work because we did not prepare our minds and our hearts to seek the Lord. Our heart was divided. We weren't really all in as far as serving the Lord. You know, there's going to be temptations. There's going to be trials. There's going to be strong pressures that we face. And yet we need to determine that regardless of what's going on around me, I'm going to serve the Lord. I love Ezra 7 and verse 10. The Bible says, Ezra prepared his heart 
to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Ezra just said, I'm going to do what's right regardless. His heart, his attitude was right. And when we make up our minds that we're going to do the same thing, then we're going to be a lot more responsive to God's word. And so have we prepared our hearts to seek, to follow, to obey the will of God? Look at the attitude of the psalmist in Psalms 119 and verse 10. He said, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander away from your commandments. Or in Psalms 84 and verse 2, my soul longs, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. Now that's very easy to read and to say, but as you look at your life and your heart and I look at my heart and my life, how many of us really, really long for the courts of our Lord? And if we don't, then we're not going to be prepared to seek the law of the Lord. And then think about the fact that we need to cultivate an attitude of love for God's word. I, I need to recognize you know, what that word is and where it came from. And I need to love the word of God. You know, we're very interested in those things that we love. And if we love the law of God, then we're going to seek it. We're going to strive to know it. The psalmist said in Psalms 119, 97, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. Or in Psalms 119, 127, Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. You know, seeking God's will, learning God's will ought to be more important than even gold, anything of a material nature. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, John 14, verse 15. And if we're going to have an attitude of obedience toward the word of God, we need to strive to love that word. And of course, naturally, we need to try to be humble as well if our hearts are going to be prepared to seek the law of the Lord. And even though we may be young or maybe we're in good health, even though we may be blessed with material things, we need to somehow stop and realize that without God, we would be absolutely nothing whatsoever. Therefore, we need to realize that we're weak and frail. And were it, were it not for God's goodness, we would not even be here. And if we'll humble ourselves, if we'll realize how insignificant and weak we are and how mighty and how much we depend upon our great God, then we're going to have the proper respect toward the word of God. Very quickly, though, tonight, let's notice some examples of those that had a correct attitude toward God's word. I think about the people back in Nineveh in the days of Jonah. You know, God told these people through Jonah that he was going to destroy that city in 40 days if they repented. And man, I think Jonah was shocked. 
I think I would be shocked at the results. The Bible says those people begin to cry out. They put on sackcloth and ashes from the least to the greatest. The king on the throne did likewise. You see, they had the right attitude toward God's word. They responded and they changed. Or what about those people on the day of Pentecost that were guilty of crucifying God's son? Peter let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they had crucified and slain the Son of God, Acts 2 and verse 36. And the Bible says, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart. They cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? They had the right attitude toward the word of God. Or what about that eunuch who heard the word of God? The Bible says in Acts 8 and verse 35 that, that Philip opened up his mouth. He began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. And the Bible says as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. You know, what hinders me? What keeps me from being baptized? Today, it seems like you just have to plead and beg people to obey the gospel. But when the eunuch saw what the will of the Lord was, he obeyed that word without hesitation. And when the person's outside the body of Christ, he needs to have the right attitude and he needs to go ahead and do what the Lord says. Or I think about that jailer at midnight when he saw everything that transpired, the great earthquake and all the shackles and bands were loosed, he thought the prisoners had all escaped. And he fell down after Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. And he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The Bible says they spake unto him the word of the Lord. And to all that were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and he was baptized, he in all his straight way. That's the kind of attitude we need to have toward the word of God. Very quickly, as we close tonight, let's talk about what's going to happen if we don't cultivate the proper respect and attitude toward the word of God. What's going to happen if we don't prepare our minds and our hearts and are thus willing to submit our will to God's will in obedience? I want to suggest to you that God's word will be absolutely of no profit to us whatsoever. In Hebrews 4 and verse 2, the Bible says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Therefore, we need to work on our attitude toward God's word. We need to determine that we're going to believe it, that we're going to do what God says. You know, when our lives are, are not right, when we look at God's word and we observe that there are transgressions and things that we need to correct in our lives, we need to have the kind of heart that's willing to make those needed changes. You know, it's possible for us to get to the point where our hearts are no longer sensitive to the call of the gospel. It's possible for our consciences to become seared as with a hot iron. 
Now, we may hear the word of God. We may give mental assent to it. But unless we're willing to do what it says, we're deceiving ourselves. And so tonight, as we sing this song of encouragement, I I ask you to examine your heart. I ask you to look at your life. Is it possible tonight that, that maybe you've gone off into some sin? Maybe over time, you've gradually gotten away from God. You're not as faithful to him now as you were maybe a few months ago or a year ago. Maybe you've sort of lost interest. You really no longer desire to to work for the Lord, maybe as you did in days past and gone, and maybe you need to make your life right. I encourage you to do so if that's your need, or if you need to obey the gospel. If you need to do like the Philippian jailer did, if you need to ask that question, what must I do to be saved? I encourage you and implore you to do what he did, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins, to be baptized into Christ based upon your confession of faith in him. And you can leave this building tonight a New Testament Christian. Tonight, the invitation is yours. If you're subject to it, we hope that you'll